Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Whedonverse Podcast. A retrospective, spoiler-free podcast where we discuss the movies, series, comics, and games created or inspired by Joss Whedon. With your hosts, Mr. Universe. Number five, do the dance of joy. And the clairvoyant. Well, you're right about this being a bad idea. Also brought to you by the Tangent Bound Network. This episode, we'll discuss a recap of Season 2 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and discuss all the video games, merchandise, and collectibles from all of Joss Whedon's television shows and productions. guys it's a season recap so i know what you're expecting a cool witty little speech nope sorry didn't write one here we go all right whedon fans <laughs> what do you call them clairvoyant what are we calling our fans whedonites that's taken <laughs> whedon i mean i'm sure there is there is some crossover between the whedonites and our fan base so that's probably fair so we're all the way to season two, our season two recap. We've finished it off. We're here. We've made it. 17 months down the line. Seven, what? Is that true? Yeah, we've been doing this podcast for a year and some. I don't know. I don't believe you. That's not true at all. No, you're wrong. I just did the math. You're wrong. <laughs> so let's just jump into the the peat and potatoes. Bad. The good. Just Trust me on this one. Captain Tightpants is going to make a gif of that. <laughs> Only because you said it. No, now he's not going to go to spite. So, season two, we've got our average ratings. Let's run down through the numbers, shall we? No. Nah. Death count. Death count. A human death count this season, 53 deaths. Last season we had 20. Ooh. So, wow. <laughs> and then, I mean... Last season was more than half, episode-wise. Right, so we should be at 40 deaths. Less than half, uh, death-wise. This season we've got 34 vampire deaths, whereas last season we had 23. So we're way more people, barely more vampires. Buffy's not doing a good job. Yeah, there's a very uncomfortable ratio there. Demon death count 5 versus last season's 2, so not, you know, slightly over twice as much. And other death count, we've got 8 versus last season 3, so once again, slightly over twice as much. But the real problem here is this human death count, exceeding all the other death counts combined. (laughs) So that's an absolute total for the show so far. We've got a human death count of 73, vampires of 57, Demons, 7, and others, 11. That is a lot of people dead. 
Buffy, Buffy, what are you doing? But now, the real juicy part. The, uh... The juice. I I have no idea what you mean. Let's see which episodes raked in the most deaths. Not total, but I mean of each kind. So, Human Death Count, we've actually got a two-way tie. Go Fish and Becoming Part 1 both killed six people. And Go Fish wasn't good. No, and it killed off six beloved Sunnydale High students and a and a coach and a, a nurse. <laughs> vampire death counts look like we started off strong. When she was bad, we had six vamp deaths and nothing even close to that high later on. Demon death counts. No episode killed more than one demon. We only had a couple killing one. And other death count, just a couple of ones. The Dark Age actually killed three. Three zombies. Oh, yeah. So, that's our rundown. Now, ratings-wise, looks like I gave a total of four fives this season. Jesus. One, one for Becoming Part 2, one for Passion, one for Halloween, and one for Innocence. Whereas you gave a total Ooh. of two fives, one for Becoming Part 2, and one for Innocence. Which, you know, negative Nelly, our whole total for the season looks like I gave it a rounded-off 3.36, Whereas you gave it a rounded off 3.32. How's that negative, Nelly? That's 0.04 less than you. You're just bitter. Which rounds us off to 3.34. Average rating for both of us for the season. Now, do we agree with that? Let's run through. Discuss the whole season. You know, think of it as a whole. What would you give the season? Would you agree with that number? 3.34. I don't think I would. I mean, like, this... I understand that there's a lot of episodes like Go Fish in there and, uh, you know, that, that one with the Frankenstein guy, Some Assembly Required, that definitely brought the season down and I'm selectively forgetting those. Uh, but when I think of the season, I definitely think of it as like a solid four season. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think it's a four season for me too, uh, because there are low points, but the high points more than balance it out. They compensate <laughs> for the low points. And it's the first time really a lot of feelings are felt, a lot of investment. So yeah, I definitely give it a four for me as well for a season two rating. So let's give a rundown of the arc. You know, what journey did our characters see this season? When we started off, Buffy was bitter. Yeah, oh, that was the worst. Over over the master's death. And she she came to peace at that quite quickly. Thank God. And we kind of got a weird batch of just weird season one feeling episodes. You know, some assembly required with Frankenstein. We had Inca Mummy Girl with with the mummy. Reptile Boy. You know, kind of some weird episodes. But I feel like, you know, over that we met Spike. We met Drusilla. We met Oz. We met Oz. So we met a bunch of great characters. And then Buffy and Angel's relationship really soared in this season. Whereas last season it was kind of like, will they, won't they? You know, it really took off. Yeah. And uh, same with uh, Giles and Jenny. And Xander and Cordelia. And so when you get to episodes like, you know, Surprise, where Angel turns bad, or Passion, where Angel kills Jenny, they built up to these. They didn't just come out of nowhere. They really, like, worked towards these episodes. So awesome. And then, you know, kind of a week, go fish, you know, before the big finale, but then we ended off strong, obviously with Buffy making the hardest decision she's had to make so far. T- 
telling her mom that she's a slayer and killing Angel all in one night. I thought you were going to make a joke. And I'm kind of disappointed you didn't. What joke? What joke? Could we? Oh, the hardest decision Buffy's had to make so far. Something, something fashion. Like wearing that top. Snap, snap, snap. You think I'm so much sassier than I am. <laughs> so that's our season two statistics. As we mentioned, the DVD does have some special features, some bloopers for this season. So if you don't have it, rent it from your local library, huh? Jackie Dominique. Or, you know, buy it. Like everyone else does. Uh, They're super cheap now. Like now that it's been off the air for quite a while, you can get like a collection of like the entire thing for nothing. Yeah. So check it out and check out the special features. There's some really cool stuff. There's commentary for a few of the episodes, not very many, but there is bloopers and fun stuff like that. I mean, if you're, if you're interested in getting into the industry, as I was and I did, this was something that definitely kept me interested as a teen because it has a lot of, uh, you know, creature workshop stuff and a lot of, uh, you know, behind the scenes, how did they do it? And when it comes to a, uh, you know, a, a pretty, you know, fast-paced and low-budget TV series, it's really interesting seeing a lot of the little tricks they use to make these creatures come to life, so... Uh, all the seasons definitely have some really cool special features. Uh, if you're if you're into the whole behind the scenes world of things, yeah. So it's time for our MVPs of this season. Who do we think deserves the honor? MVP actor and MVP actress. I believe I believe I chose Alison Hannigan and Anthony Stewart Head last season. I don't remember. Don't who quote I chose. me on it. So who would you say who's your MVP actor this season? MPV, MP, MP, the most M- valuable flair. Yeah, my <laughs> MVP actor kind of hands down goes to David. He like, I mean, he had to be pulled off so much this year. You know, he not only did he do good old tortured angel and the super fun Angelus. We also got to see him try his chops at uh, acting as a woman from the 50s, uh, which he did. Like, saying that sounds ridiculous. If you tell someone, oh, David Boreanaz did a great job acting as a woman from the 50s, they'd laugh. And he made it absolutely not a laughing matter, which is impressive. Uh, he also, he acted, he, he had an Irish accent, which was a laughing matter. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he, I'd say David killed it. He got to show off his range freely this season. Yeah, I'd say my MVP actor is the same. I'd have to go with David. He did show off range. His Irish accent f***ed it up. <laughs> but he still, he redeemed himself, as, as Angel is known to do. Um, he killed it this season. I mean, Oz was fantastic, and he's a close second. But really, this season was all about David. And... And he showed that, hey, I'm not that minor season one guy anymore. I'm not the you know, one appearance pilot episode character that got cut. I'm a character that you love and care about and don't want to see get hurt. So MVP actress, Clairvoyant, what would you, who wins your title for season two? I think the obvious choice would be to say Sarah, because once again, she killed it. Uh, but I have a feeling that I think I said Sarah last season, and I have a feeling that I'm going to say Sarah every season, because 
I mean, she's she is Buffy, and she definitely has the chops. She can she can do the crying, she can do the fun, she can do everything. She's the superhero of the show. But I'm gonna go off the books and actually say I think Charisma did a really good job this season uh, as Cordelia in just uh, turning her from you know the, the absolutely spiteful bitch that we knew her as into. Someone that, like, by the end of the season isn't even, like, isn't even sassy and snarky anymore. She's just part of the gang. And, you know, partially that's writing, but also that takes some chops to pull off as well. No, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball. I'm going to have to go with Impata, the Inca Mummy girl. <laughs> no. Uh, while she did do okay, she did passable, uh, she did just fine, I think I'd actually, my MVP, still a curveball, sort of, Juliet Landau. Uh, wow. Like, I mean, Charisma was my first choice, but you took it, so f*** you. I don't want to copy you everywhere. Uh, Juliet brought Crazy to the table, and she made a very, very memorable villain. Even when she wasn't the main villain, you cared for her, and then she became the main villain, and you're like, Shh. Like, she killed Kendra, thanks to you. Uh, really just... I think she did a fantastic job. Yeah, really creepy. And, like, the accent is not... Accurate? Uh, yeah, it's not, like... I was going to say it's not a good accent. I don't know if that's quite the word. It's not an accurate English accent to, like, any region of England that I can think of. But it's it fits the character perfectly, and I couldn't imagine her with any other voice. Let's go through uh, In Memoriam for our, our big deaths. Start playing the Boys to Men song. And in memoriam for our three big deaths this season. We've got Jenny Calendar is first and foremost biggest death to date. False. I think you're forgetting how this season ended. I'm working up to it. So every death is going to be the biggest death to date. Almost. For a time. Unless it's a small <laughs> one that happened after a big one. Uh, after that, we had Miss Bianca Lawson getting a send-off as Kendra. Kendra. Which... Yeah, like, we we barely knew you. I'm not too... We uh, hardly ups, knew ye. Not too upset. And then our biggest one of all time, Davy B, uh, as Angel. That was big. Getting stabbed through the Akatha portal. So, last season we addressed a bunch of criticisms and comments we got from... From this fans. season, we didn't get criticism because we're perfect. This season, we didn't get a compliment. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, probably closer to accurate. No, we uh, well, the one biggest criticism one we've always get is stop saying words like ship, stop saying, you know, fangirl, stop being fangirls. Uh, sorry, Too bad. not gonna happen. But you know, we did get little nitpicks. As we mentioned, our fans kind of decided this season was the season to lay into us. So we love you <laughs> for that. Uh, and shout out to some specifics. Captain Tight Pants, always our biggest proponent for teasing us since the beginning. Love you to bits. Uh, making gifs and, and sh. Actually, uh, speaking of Captain Tight Pants, and I've been thinking about this the whole time we've been recording this episode uh, so as to not slip up. <laughs> but you have, so you're on it now. Uh, he actually has like a counter, like a death counter for jokes we butchered that he just started. We do. So, uh... So uh, this is it's up to a hundred by now, uh, yeah. No, we love, we love, 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 love our fans. He loves you. You're crazy. You're 
kind of dicks. So social media, big news in the social media world, not really. You can check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Podcast, Twitter, at Weedoncast, that's where we're probably most active. But we do have a new Instagram as well, which is also at Weedoncast. So make sure you follow them. This is our first official plug on air. Check out our social media. You can listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm sure you already are. But the fun part, this is the part that like I get excited for every time we do a recap, which is once. If we had to say one nice thing about each guest this season. I hate this part. What would it be? So our first guest it's this season. It's so se- hard being nice. <laughs> so our first guest this season was actually, it was an in-between seasons, but we can't skip them. It was Ron Martin and Little Miss Horror Nerd from Resurrection of Zombie 7. They, they got a, like, coming up, but they didn't really get a... This is their first real throwdown. So what would you have to say about each of them individually? Individually, they're both hilarious. Like They're just both some of the funniest people we've had on the show. Although I don't want to get into it too much because nothing's set in stone, but one of them may be uh, coming up pretty soon here on some episodes. Uh, we might have one of them back, one or both, who knows. Uh, and uh, so they're fun. Um I can't think of anything except, like, really funny. Rotten, at one point, uh, I, I muted my microphone for quite a long time because I couldn't stop laughing, and I just let you guys banter over top of the lack of me because I just I couldn't compose myself. So, and that's a first, and I think the only time that's happened. So, so yeah, they were, they were great guests. I'd love to have them back. Yeah, no, I... I think they have great chemistry as hosts, and they've been doing it for a long time. But I think just having just one of them on feels wrong because they're so, you know, they're funny. Everyone knows, everyone heard the episode. They mesh together so well, and they play off each other so well. And make fun of everything. Well, not each other. Ron makes fun of Jessica, and Jessica just takes it. (laughs) (laughs) So next guest we had, after a bunch of cancellations, all the way to episode 8, we had Rob Weeks as our first real guest this season. So what do you have to say about Rob from Firefly Podcast? Hate him. F*** him. Moving on. <laughs> no. uh, Rob, uh, you reminded me from the get-go a lot of a uh, male version of Meg, Meg Griffin, which uh, now they're obsessed with the idea of hosting an episode together. So we've got, I've got to take ownership for this. So after Rob's episode, he... Weeked, he said, hey, I listened to your show. You know, guests are a lot of fun. And we said, you know, you remind me a lot of Meg. I think you'd really like Meg. I think you'd like to talk to her. You sound like very similar people. You'd be good friends. And kind of just uh, set up a friend matchmaker system. Next week, we had Meg on the show. And we said the same thing. You know, we had Rob last week. You'd really like him. You should listen to him. You should hang out with him. That was a mistake. Because they are very good Twitter friends now. Constantly ganging up on us, teaming up to harass us. I don't know what we 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 f***ed up we, because they are so close. And oops, sorry, that was our fault. <laughs> but you can you can definitely follow Rob Twitter at at Zombie Slag. But he's he's got a cool beard. I how have you seen him? He posts picture on his Twitter. Uh, he <laughs> he's got a shit ton of kids. No, these aren't even compliments. These are just facts. No, uh, if I just—he was a lot of fun. He was 
Like he was really understanding because we yeah, had I was a gonna lot say of super accommodating because that episode was a was mess. recorded over a course of several weeks <laughs> because of just problems and sick children and just like we actually stopped mid recording his segment and we had to bring him back later to finish it so that's impressive that's never happened and hopefully never will again so Rob very accommodating next week we had Meg for the coveted two episode spot which one person gets the season last season we had one sick puppy. Meg, we had this season, the coveted two-parter. What can we say about Meg that we didn't say last season? She uh, probably has the record for... Longest episodes. Longest episodes. Yeah, like, uh, she she talks. She just goes. And uh, this two-parter, by the end of it, I just remember being... I don't know how late it was, but just dead. Just drained. And I don't think any of us were saying anything funny or coherent. (laughs) I don't think Meg was even sober anymore. And we were just... (laughs) <laughs> like, why did we do this? <laughs> uh, no, Meg is a lot of fun. She does go on tangents. That's her thing. But she's a lot of fun and so quick, quick-witted. And yeah, we were we were exhausted by the end of that. It went very late. Love Meg. Love all our guests. I'm not going to say anything bad about any of our guests because there's really nothing bad to say. We really honestly, truly love them. Meg's from Mindian's Minute and Outlandish Conversation. She's got two podcasts. Next up, we have your friend L. Uh, who's joined us for Ted from YourFriendL.com. Now, I'm going to go first. Elle reached out to us, which is cool, because I think she's one of the first people who who did. You know, normally we reach out to people. But she runs a blog called Your Friend L that deals with geeky stuff all the time, Buffy included. And she reached out to us and asked if she could be on an episode. And I was like, hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, that's so cool. And she fit perfectly she was it's i don't know if she's podcasted before but she was a professional she just fell into the groove and maybe it's because she was a fan first and then on the podcast later but she fell into the groove she knew our beats she knew where to interject herself she knew to watch for she was just on it she was on her game she made us look bad yeah i was gonna say the same thing just i don't know if she's podcasted before because i know she has her awesome blog which i do still enjoy checking out uh, but just total natural. Like it was like she was she's been here from the start, and I was like, what, like what? You, you, yeah, what the hell is going on here? It it I no one else fell into a groove where it didn't even feel like we had a, a special guest anymore. And next up, we had Bloody Brody from Twitter, iconic because our first Twitter fan that was not a podcast or blog or anything. Just a, fir- a fan that has to be on the podcast. Now, full That's disclosure. That's ballsy. Full, it because is. Because but... we are much better than average people. <laughs> <laughs> and to even reach out to us. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you come into my throne room and lay down at my feet. Please let me be on your podcast. That takes chutzpah. But no, Bloody Brody, full disclosure, is a close friend of mine in real life. Uh... He's from my city. He recorded in the room with me. So it wasn't as crazy as it sounded. But still took a lot of good was Took a lot of to uh to those come on. Those aren't neither of those are words in any language. I'm still bleeping them. Uh he <laughs> So and I think he did very well for for a first time everythinger. I think he did really good. And I told him this and he did get good good reviews for his episode and his and his jokes made me laugh yeah so, moo moo's crop top that sh- 
That's the only thing that comes to mind when I think of that episode. So what do you have to say about Brody? That. <laughs> That's the only thing that comes to mind. I told you. So next, we had One Sick Puppy, which... What can we say about One Sick Puppy? He's been on our show more than anybody. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we have him a lot, so we can't hate him too much. Yeah, no. Uh, my favorite thing about him, and I think I've come to realize this more recently, is his sometimes vehement opposite opinions of mine. Yeah, like, I love having him on the show because, well, he's great at what he does, and his opinions are so strong, and they're so oftentimes different from mine. So it's really cool to give that contrast of, like, me gung-ho about something and him, like, eh, or vice versa. Like, I really think that's cool. Yeah, it, he's... I agree on everything you just said, especially, yeah, it's like, we're like the teenage girls, and we're catering to the teenage girl audience, because we are teenage girls, and he's very up, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, he comes here, and he's, uh, he's, it's almost like, we we, we say stupid shit, and we need to be put in line. (laughs) He's great. Over there at Dead as Hell Horror Podcast. Next up, we've got Jordan from Joy's, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Jordan from Jersey, from Jersey Shore. So you go first. I've went first a bunch. I feel like this is just us patting f***ing guest hosts on the back, and the fans are listening like, I know, I heard these episodes. I know, it's a good game, good game. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for trying. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah, I liked how, well, he was, uh, like L. he was, you know, he, he said very in tune with the show. He was very, like, uh, he knew the things we talked about. And so he knew the things to keep an eye for, like, dumb fashion. <laughs> and uh, so it, it was, like, another, like, not not quite as, as locked in, but, yeah, it, it didn't feel like, you know, like we had a, a special guest, almost. Yeah, it's like he's always been here. Like, El and Jordan are just our, uh, they're always there, they just don't always talk. They've been there since episode one. Yeah, so they're, like, they're, <laughs> they're fans, <laughs> they're fans that also can podcast, so they're... I don't know where I'm going. They just... They lock in so well. I like... What I like from about Jordan from Jersey is he can take a joke. We... Well, and, you know, he knows our show inside and out. But also, like... We ragged on him. A lot. And he, he was just quick. He was quick to bounce back, quick with the recovery. Loved it. Next, we had Cordia from Buffy Rewatch. Um... My problem with Cordia <laughs> is that she didn't like the awesome angel monologue at the end of the episode. And she thought that scene wasn't done very well. But <laughs> she, you know, it's great to uh, be the Buffy fan who really knows what they're talking about. She came from a Buffy podcast. She um, knows more than we do. Yeah. And uh, like she's she's done this whole shit before. This is this is round two. This is like yeah, I'll humor you and do it again. Yeah, she was the celebrity. This is her encore. Like, yeah, <laughs> she came onto our podcast and she just glowed. She like she, you could tell she's done this before, you know, with Buffy rewatch. But she does have her own you know her own other endeavors now. But really, like she just fell back into step with Buffy. Like she, like she never left it. And she had these strong opinions about scenes and new things about everything. And it's like, she just came right back to it. Her name is Cordelia. (laughs) Cordia. Next, 
up. We had just last week our two special ladies. Becoming part one, we had Jackie Dominique from Twitter. Admittedly, this episode, the whole episode as a whole... Was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Was one of the most frustrating episodes to record. (laughs) Not due to any part of our guests, just due to trying some different things out and just everything like that. But Jackie was so patient the whole time. And she's not a podcaster. She's a fan that, that wanted to be on. And... She was so patient throughout the whole thing. It was like 2 in the morning where she's from by the time we were done, I swear. Yeah, I think it took like three hours to record one hour of usable footage. But she was absolutely patient. She brought in a ton of listeners because she's got just a huge, crazy friend following. Just everybody loves her. So, <laughs> so brought in a ton of listeners, and I think she did phenomenally for a non-podcaster. I'm very proud. She has a fun sex voice. Like what? she's got like a, like a phone sex voice. Like a it's a, I don't know. She's got like a phone sex voice. Thank you for calling. Real no, I, gig- hope, I really hope she's not listening. To Real me. giggly and I drew in listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, we had Annalise from Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. So what do you got to say about Miss Annalise? Um, she was really interesting to talk to uh even like after the the show ended just going on about her we we had a conversation about her occupation and just this her life is vastly more interesting than mine is and yeah she total natural because she's been doing it for a while too she's in the game and uh she's met joss whedon so there's that (laughs) no i think yeah she was very enthusiastic very just excited i think i can't i think i mentioned i can't remember who reached out to who but she's a big buffy fan and was just excited to to do it and we've had her booked from like the beginning in like the last episode so a lot of pushing back because there's been delays a lot of you know her waiting she's been waiting for months to record that bit and no fantastic and that episode also her bit that we recorded was also delayed and you know this happened and that happened it was just a big mess the whole week (laughs) but we made it through and we're here and that's our guest give it up for weedenverse podcast class of halfway through 2015 the season two all-stars there we go now if you want a guest on weedenverse podcast you can contact us through any of your social media. So that's Twitter, Facebook. You could just go back a bit in the recording if you want to hear what those were. Send us an email at WeedonversePodcast at gmail.com. There, there's a bit of a screening process. You know, we, we have to know what you sound like. Not auditioning per se. We just got to make sure your mic's good and everything's good. I mean, I did a test run with Jackie before we went on air. I obviously know what Brody sounds like and he recorded in the room with me. So there's, you know, a little bit... There's a little bit of pre-production stuff we will do with you walk you through it but we're really good about doing everything we're pretty awesome and accommodating and we can walk you through anything you need so don't hesitate to reach out don't be like oh i've never done this i'm too nervous just do it and you'll do great so shout out to everybody who listened to season two i would pick you off by name but there's too many pick you off kill you (laughs) but Really appreciate it. We've got new fans. We've got new people interacting with us on Twitter. You know who you are. I'm thinking of you. 
in my brain. And I'm just super excited. So coming up, we got another segment. I lied a little bit about what it's about. We're doing a little bit more than expected. I said we're going to talk about games, but we're talking a little bit more than that. So here we go. Why don't you take it away? Weedenverse Podcast Season Average. 3.34 out of 5 stakes. If you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at at Whedoncast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast, or review, rate, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. The Whedonverse Podcast is brought to you by the HHW LOD Network. You can find them at hhwlod.com, on Twitter at hhwlod underscore network, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hhwlod. The Tangent Bound Network can be found at tangentboundnetwork.com, on Twitter at tangentboundpc, and on Facebook at tangentboundnetwork. Alright, I'll take the reins over for this segment. Uh, welcome to the Weedinverse Podcast Collector's Guide. So we're done Season 2, we're not really ready to start Season 3, so here's a little guide to some of the cool Joss Whedon things that you can collect and uh, where you might be able to find them. So this isn't going to include everything, so don't get mad at us, just chill. Uh, but uh, before we start, there's some things that we're not going to really throw in here. Uh, there's a lot of Joss Whedon-related academic textbooks and biographies and essays. Uh, there's There's a lot. If this is the sort of thing that interests you, it is not difficult to find them. You don't need a guide to go looking for them. Uh, you can just juggle it. Uh, no one's gonna get that reference. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's another podcast. I just can't remember the name right now, so it's not helping anyone. Um, and other things that we're not really gonna talk about are you know, your standards. T-shirts, keychains, phone cases, mugs, posters, you know, those, you can go to thinkgeek.com, tvmerch.com, redbubble.com, uh, you can find all those there, so they're nothing special, you know, so we're not gonna, we're just gonna delve into sort of the, the weird and wacky of the things that you can find. And this is, uh, before we begin, encompassing all of Joss's stuff, it's not Buffy-specific, it more likely than not will not contain spoilers for anything he's done. But if you don't want to hear about Angel because we're not at Angel, if you don't want to hear about Dollhouse because we're not at Dollhouse, don't, don't turn it off. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to talk a little bit about all of what he's done, even stuff that we haven't reviewed yet. Yeah, this is the the generic Joss Collector's Guide. So, starting off, we got uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Let's lump them together. And uh, so the the one cool thing, first cool thing I want to talk about is uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer board game. Now this, uh, I, I own it. It's definitely worth picking up. Uh, I know, Mr. Universe, I believe you've played it a few times. Mm-hmm. I have. Uh, 
and it's a it's not quite spoiler free it spoils the first four seasons and you can play scenarios from any of the first four seasons uh the bad is what's one thing that i found interesting is the judge is the big bad in season two not drusilla and spike yeah they're kind of <laughs> and it bugs me is that there's spelling errors some names are spelled wrong so if, if that's something that bothers you don't get this game also it's not i, I wouldn't say it's the best put together there's lots of cardboard tabs having to slide into little, you know, plastic receivers, and then the cardboard gets bent out of shape and frayed, and it's... I mean, it's it's, it's ugly. It's not pretty. But it's, uh... As a whole, it's pretty fun. Uh, pretty complicated and pretty original. Yeah, it's it's very original. I, I was gonna say that uh, for a board game. it's I don't think it's based on anything that I've played, and I play a ton of board games. Uh, there's a... You know, you go around and you have to try and stop the big bad from whatever season you're playing in. Each one has their own end game of what they're trying to do. The simplest one is the master from season one who just wants to kill Buffy. And they all have their own minions. Uh, you can go around and, you know, there's a daytime counter. When it's night, vampires can go out. When it's day, they cannot. Uh, you know, vampires can't go into buildings that they're not invited into unless they're public buildings. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of cool mechanics like players can get sired by vampires like you know you can it's not exactly canon so you can have vampire willow vampire xander uh you know depending on the plot and it's uh yeah it's 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 a good game the dice are just plain dice and you put stickers on them and so as like (laughs) craftsmanship wise the game is not the best but it is fun and it is original. Once you get your head around the rules, because it's kind of complicated. It it can be a little complicated if you're not like if you're just used to your standard like Clue and uh, Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, now this game. I only play Mahjong. <laughs> it's a little rare, so it's it, you'll find it in the higher end of a uh, you know the fifty to a hundred dollar range because I don't think it's manufactured anymore. Uh, and you probably won't find it at your local hobby or comic shop, but if you look at around, you know, if you're at a convention, I see them everywhere. Uh, also, you can find it on Amazon, and uh, there's a great resource that you can find pretty much everything we're going to talk about regarding Buffy and Angel, uh, btvsonline.com. They have everything you could ever want Buffy. So that's a, yeah, that's the Buffy board game. I recommend it. I would as well. Now, we also have the Buffy role-playing game, and there's an angel role-playing game as well. Yeah, what's the difference, Clairvoyant? Enlighten us. <laughs> you know, there's really not much. They're both produced by the same company, uh, Eden Studios. The di- real difference is Buffy got more supplemental material, and Angel really didn't get any at all. But you can combine the two together. Because they're both run on the same system by the same studio. So, I would recommend the Buffy one over the Angel one. You could pick them both up, but they're not that different at heart. So, uh, it's lots of fun. I did play this one, actually with Bloody Brody and a few other friends, briefly. Uh, I recommend the Sample Adventures. They're uh, probably a lot better than anything you're going to create if you're not as creative as I am. But... A warning that you, it's one of those games where it's best if you're able to improvise. Uh, 
because there's really only one adventure outside the sample ones in the textbooks that are available for purchase. So a lot of the stuff's going to be winging it or making up your own adventures or borrowing from other uh, other RPGs. One thing that's interesting about this is actually this is where Faith and Kendra got their last names. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Joss created last names to give to them for these RPGs. Now, and if you're unfamiliar with RPGs, role-playing games, uh, think of Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you have sheets of paper that represent your characters. They all have numbers that represent their abilities, and then you roll a dice to kind of see whether or not they accomplished anything. It's like a video game, except it all takes place in your brain, and you can pretty much do anything, or you can attempt to do anything within <laughs> within reason. Where, in, as in video games, you, of course, have the limits of what is programmed into the game. And so, uh, it, it's, they're super nerdy, but I do recommend them. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they tend to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you get the right gang, if you have people that are just like, this is stupid, this is nerdy, it's not going to be fun. But I get people that will get into it. You don't, I mean, as the uh, Pendragon RPG says, there's no reason to ex- to make up excuses for having fun. That's paraphrased, but you don't have to justify fun. You know, it's, it's a good time, who cares? Uh, supplements for the Buffy RPG include a handy uh, director's screen so that uh, you know, if you are the game master, your your players can't see your notes. The Angel one also has a director's screen. And the Buffy one also has a Slayer's Handbook, which gives you extended info about Slayers and provides ideas for alternate dimensions, which I did actually use. Uh, the Monster Smackdown, which is a monster manual, which these ones are all still, along with the core rulebook, are all still actively available on the Eden Studios website. You can still buy them even though they haven't been updated in over a decade now. Oh, no. There's also the uh, Magic Box Magic Expansion and a character journal, which is a 16-page booklet as opposed to a single-page character sheet. So it's like a detailed <laughs> little character yeah, booklet. It's a detailed, you know, yeah. if you want to flesh out. Your character, quite a bit, yeah. Uh, those are not available on Eden Studios anymore, but you can still buy them as a PDF along with all the other games and supplements on drivethroughrpg.com. Uh, there's a few other expansions that never got finished because they lost their license in 2005, sadly. But uh, there is still a lot of information and material for this, uh, and I, f- I hear there's still an active fan community, so you might be able to find some fan-created adventures as well. Uh, it's not very difficult to find, considering it lost its license in 2005. Uh so it's uh, it's not that rare. Core rulebook is in the ten to fifty dollar range, but if you want all the supplements, you'll find yourself somewhere in the one hundred dollar to two hundred dollar range. And it's uh, I have to warn, it is absolutely not spoiler free. They have nope. quotes and uh, other diagrams. Things. <laughs> no quotes <laughs> and uh, references to events throughout the entire series. Playing cards of all the dead characters. <laughs> Those as well. Uh. Now, we also have some Buffy textbooks, I call them. There's uh, official Watcher's Guides and then Angel Case Files. Uh, they're... Lame. Not... Nerds. They're for nerds. <laughs> they're, they're for nerds. <laughs> Everything not... about this show is for nerds. We're all That's nerds. True. They're not exactly a hot commodity because they're literally, like, Watcher's Guides is a witty play on words, but they're literally Watcher's Guides. It's like buying a... You know, like a, a 
a gameplay walkthrough guide for a video game, except you're watching a TV show. So they have a lot of handy information and interviews and stuff like that, but, I mean, they're not that special anymore. Uh, There's also tons of unofficial ones. Uh... But like I said, they're not that special anymore, so they're in the $10 to $50 range. You can find unofficial ones for as cheap as a couple cents uh, on Amazon. <laughs> so uh, those can also be found at btvsonline.com as well as Amazon. Yeah, what about the video games? There are a lot of Buffy video games. Yeah, they're really... And they're, you know, from what I hear, and I haven't played them, they're not the hottest thing in town. There are... there I've... The, I've played one there's of them. Played Buffy the Vampire. There's Chaos Blades. Yes. There is... Uh, well, there, the first one, I do believe, was uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer for uh, Game Boy Color, which is the only, the only one I've played. And I have to tell you, it's kind of garbage. Uh, it's... Even for like a, a side-scroller beat-em-up, it's not very good at all. They have cutscenes, but they're... <laughs> those are probably the best part of the game and the dialogue resembles the characters the characters do not resemble the characters and so that one I, I can't say I really recommend it but it's probably pretty cheap and uh, you can actually find that one for free online to be perfectly honest so you could give it a shot there's also Chaos Bleeds which was for I believe Playstation 2, Xbox, GameCube and that one, I haven't... I can't remember if that one's good or not. I know the plot involves Sid the Dummy from uh, the puppet show, as well as the Gorch Twins. So, just random things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this That one also got a... Uh, I think it has the Master in it, too. <laughs> it involves, I think, multiple dimension splitting. I'm not sure. But that one has a spin-off comic as well, interestingly enough. There's uh then the other games are Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Xbox, which I've heard is actually excellent. And uh, there's Wrath of the Dark Hole King for Game Boy Advance, which I know nothing about. And Quest for Oz, which I, apparently is total garbage and doesn't even have Oz in it. Drusilla kidnaps Oz and It sounds like an arcade standy game. Like doo 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 you're trying to save Oz, you never see him because the game doesn't end because nobody's at the arcade long enough. Yeah, so the ones that, I mean, being honest, I haven't played really any of them except for the Buffy Game Boy Color one, but I hear the Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Chaos Bleeds are, are worth picking up, and those, I mean, they're, you can find them $20, you can probably find them at some uh, secondhand stores. I mean, if you want to find a, a special gift-wrapped rare edition of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Xbox, it's 100 ish but uh, you can, you know, all of them you can find secondhand stores, uh, old retro video game shops. Buffy also has uh, so a trading card game, which I didn't know about until today. Really? They have, uh, yeah, it was, they had two core sets, uh, the Pergamum Prophecy and the Class of 99 and then uh, they had two booster boxes, Angel's Curse and the Class of 99. There's also the Seven Seasons card set, which was, I don't know, it came out after Season 7 and it gave you some cards. 
And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a trading card game. Apparently the community is still really active. Really? And uh, they are making... They make, like, fantasy cards and stuff like that. Like, of characters that don't have cards. Uh, I don't think it's spoiler-free. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not. Uh, it's about 10 to 50... You're looking at the 10 to $50 range for the core sets. Uh, if you're getting, if you want to get everything, you're probably a little over a hundred, but that's because there's all those expansions and stuff. And uh, yeah, you can find that on the BTVS online shop as well. All the, actually, all the expansions and everything. So, if you're, that's something that interests you, that's something to check out. Now, Buffy and Angel had magazines <laughs> through the '90s. Yeah, I knew this, and I. This is a not to buy. In the collector's guide. These collector's guides have to tell you what to buy and what not to buy. Uh, (laughs) There's Titan Magazines in the UK published Buffy and Angel Magazines while the show ran. First they they published Buffy Magazines, then Angel Ones, then Buffy and Angel Ones. Uh, They are absolutely not rare or valuable. (laughs) They range from a few cents to $20 per issue if you find a, a super rare, like collector's issue which i think there's a few uh you can find them at comic conventions everywhere uh secondhand bookstores amazon spoilers vary because they ran throughout the show but they're not really worth it i don't recommend them they're not (laughs) they're nothing special you can find some with action figures like how much can you really write about you know a show that ended forever ago the magazines actually ended like a good three Two years, three years after the show did. So, <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Now, Buffy and Angel non-canon books. <laughs> I didn't bother counting because there are a lot of them. Uh, some of them are novelizations of episodes. Some are original. Some are good. Some are not. <laughs> but, hey, if you're looking to expand your universe, this is a decent way to do Mr. So. Universe. No. If you if you got all the Buffyverse comics and you're like, wow, I just wish Mr. there was more. Mr. Buffyverse. <laughs> uh, now, they're not rare. They're actually extremely common at secondhand bookstores for a couple dollars a book. Uh, but recently, some publisher that I could not find, even though I have them, released uh, three books that contain three stories each. for uh, I think they're about $20 each. Those are in bookstores and online right now. Uh, they're, you know, they're new-ish. And they're, uh, I, I have those ones and I read them. And they're spotty. Some of them are pretty good and they fit into the canon and there's no complaints. Some of them are garbage. Uh, the only one I really, that really sticks out in my mind is the one where Xander grew a mustache. It's in between seasons one <laughs> and two, I think. <laughs> Xander grows a little cheesy mustache. And then a bunch of carnies come to town and Xander and Willow fall in love with them, and they end up being werewolves or something. And... Well, what? Wait. I don't know. It, it fit very well. It may, it may, it no, 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 no. I disagree. Based on the synopsis. <laughs> and so spoilers for those vary as well. Uh, those are... I can't recommend all of them, but there's got to be a few gems out there that are worth reading. You'll find... I mean, with so many of them, there's going to be some stinkers as well. Now, there's also a Buffy Ouija board. Oh, no. It's a Ouija board. Why? Like, why? Like, just why? I don't, I don't know. It's released by Dark Horse. 
It's about thirty dollars. You can find it. You can buy it directly from Dark Dark Horse. You can find it in most comic shops or hobby shops. Uh, it's a Ouija board. There's nothing. I mean, it comes with a little Buffy comic that I believe is written by some of the show writers that just explains how to use a Ouija board. And it's a uh, the comic is actually pretty entertaining and very much in the vein of Buffy. And yeah, it's. It's not. It's spoiler free. It's just a Ouija board. It's named after a season seven episode. It's called the Conversations of Dead People board, but it spoils nothing. Now there is a motion comic, which is very exciting. It's not good even for a motion comic. No, but but you know it's exciting for people that don't want to read the comics. I think. Yeah, uh, I just but, want to uh, sit there and vegetate. Like I watched the whole show. Now I gotta read. Like. But none of the voices sound right. Nope. Uh, it's only the first 19 out of 40 issues. It never got finished. I know. Oh, <laughs> it really bothers me. And uh, it's it's really easy to find, uh, especially since it's fairly new. You can even find it in most uh, most movie stores. Um, it's in the ten to fifty dollar range. You can even find it packaged with the original 1999 movie for some reason. And obviously, it's not spoiler free. It's season eight. It takes place after the show does. So, right. Yearbook. There is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer school yearbook. This has been mentioned more been than mentioned. once. Yeah, it's a novelty item. Uh, nothing really special. It's literally just the yearbook. There's some backstory on what happened to some characters. Not much. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. At the most, it's going to be $50, but you can literally find it for... There's one listed on Amazon for one cent right now. So, <laughs> as of 2015. So, <laughs> so they're not that popular anymore. Uh, one thing that's interesting is Christopher Golden, I believe, wrote the yearbook. He also wrote, like, the Watcher's Guides and those... He compiled those new collections of books, and he's some creepy super fan I've never heard of. <laughs> then... Buffy and Angel's soundtrack albums. Now this, since there's a Buffy musical episode, very good album. You know, the, there's the Buffy radio, I believe it's called. Sunnydale radio, I think, yeah. Yeah, which is just kind of various songs you hear in the background of the show. But there's, uh, the musical episode does have a, a soundtrack album. And it, it comes with a, uh, like a, a song book, like a sheet music book. Yeah. I don't know if it comes with, but you can buy yeah. that as well. You can also, <laughs> oh yeah, I do have it. Uh, piano sheet music book, uh, which is very, it's well transcribed. I mean, if you're a piano player, uh, you know that you can find, you can buy books, even by well-respected publishers like Hal Leonard, transcribed poorly, just wrong. This is a very well-transcribed book. It's, I think Joss might have helped to work on it, maybe, I don't know, but it, it's very close to a, you know, full piano versions of all the songs from the show, based on the soundtrack. Yes, and so yeah, there are four Buffy soundtracks. Uh, I can't remember if that's including the musical or not, but they're uh, songs from the show, or they are, you know, score from the show by Christoph Beck. And, uh, you know, there's some score, some music, some from the musical, all pretty cheap. Like, I mean, they're all under 10 bucks, so... All worth it too. So, you know how much we're always falling all over the score and saying how pretty it is. Now you can <laughs> listen to it. And uh, there's also an Angel soundtrack called I think it's called Live 
Young Die Never or Live Fast Die Never. Something like that. Which is a mix of the music from the show and the soundtrack. It's got an extended theme song. It does, yeah. And then uh, the only other thing really talk about, aside from there's assorted little uh, collectibles, yeah, there's, there's uh, puppets. Angel. There's uh, angel puppets from the episode Smile Time. You can also get a figurine of Angel from the 1700s. Yeah, well, if you so choose. Quite a lot of figurines. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to focus on the puppets. They're in the they're expensive, they're 200 to 500. Captain Tightpants has one. I think Captain Tightpants has one. You can get Vamp Angel. You can get not Vamp Angel, Battle Wounded Angel. You can get Spike. Uh, and uh, so yeah, they've gigantic and they're like four feet tall. Like they're. <laughs> Gigantic angel puppets. Now, there's assorted other uh, Buffy and Angel merchandise that you can find on the btvsonline.com store. Like I said, great resource. Uh, they have shirts, they have bags, mugs, watches, collectible plates. Uh, they have script books there. They have props like you can buy. Lots of jewelry. Like uh, you can even you can get Norba Thessala there. But they have which Captain uh, Pants also has. They if, have, if, if, it, if we've talked about it in this section, I can pretty much guarantee Captain Tightpants and his family have it. <laughs> yeah, he's listening to this. He's like, I know. Yeah, speed it along. Uh, there's lots of Buffy jewelry you can get. You can get the gem of Amara. You can get the cross necklace that Buffy and Angel have. Claudar rings. Claudar ring. You can get those basically anywhere. They're real rings. <laughs> you can actually get a Buffy and Angel Claudar rings. Like actual Buffy ones. <laughs> And uh, one thing that's interesting, I have it, is it's like a comic collection that's called a Supernatural Defense Kit. Uh, and so it comes with holy water. It calls it Shimmering Holy Water of Fortitude. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little vial with glitter in it. Ooh. Uh, it comes with a Clada ring, comes with a cross ne- necklace, and then a hard cover uh, comic book i do have that and so that's uh you can find that around as well it's a slayer it, kit yeah it's a slayer kit and you then they have lots of things like they have you know lunch boxes they have calendars there's everything buffy i have a calendar i believe i yeah you can get anything you know pop figures such a popular show <laughs> yes and so that's buffy and angel's collectibles we have pop vinyl figures rundown i've got spike angel buffy and willow are the four that i have there's also Vamp, Spike, Vamp, Angel, and I believe there's Oz and the Gentleman. Yeah, and I also do have Mal Reynolds from Firefly. But most of my pop figures are from other things. I have about 40 to 50 pop <laughs> vinyl figures by Funko. Speaking of Firefly, they have some collectibles too. I feel like we should have Rob on this section because there's you know an RPG which he's all about. So instead of telling you about the RPG, go listen to Firefly Podcast. Yeah, they have a Firefly RPG. It's better than the Buffy one. Uh, it used to be a Serenity one, which was based... It was it had Universal rights, and it was, Universal's rights was based on the movie universe. And then that ran out in 2011. Now they have the Firefly one, which is based on the show universe. It's licensed by Fox. They are not different, as much as Rob will tell you otherwise. <laughs> uh, you can use supplements from both. Go listen to his podcast if you want more rundown on the Firefly RPG. Uh, I they, have it. They play it it's, on air, and that's the whole show. Yeah, it's I have it. It's it's well bound. I haven't read it yet, so I can't really speak on for the for the content. But it's a it's a really well put together book. It's it's around I think the forty dollar range, but it's worth it. 
Um, Firefly also has, it's known lately for its board games. So the first one is just the Firefly board game, which I have to say is one of my favorite board games of all time, and everyone who has played it agrees. Uh, it's everything you would ever want to do in the verse. You You have a ship, you pick a captain, and then you just go around picking up jobs from clients, you know, upgrading your ship, hiring crew. You can do everything you everything that you ever wished you could do in a Firefly game. They did this. It's not based on any pre-existing board game, and it's huge. It's massive. You just fly around the verse completing jobs. Uh, it takes hours, I will say. Uh, but it is tons of fun. You can play as lots of characters from the show and lots of characters that aren't really. And, uh, yeah, they have a bunch of expansions. The first one lets you attack other players and board their ships and bounty hunt. The second... Ex and it adds some ships as well. It's lots of ships to choose from, so that's fun. Second expansion adds a, it adds a section of map. As well as Mr. Universe. <laughs> as a uh, contact you can deal with. And uh, then they also are constantly adding ship expansions and other things like that. It, I 100% recommend this game. It's... I mean, if you have the space and if you have the time, it's one of the best board games you play. It's complicated. It's infinitely more complicated than the Buffy board game. There's a lot of rules but it is just tons of fun. And so that's, uh, it's in the 50 to 100 range. With all the expansions, you're finding yourself well in the 100 to $200 range. You can find it everywhere. It's not rare at all, but absolutely worth it. Now, there's a Firefly card game, not a trading card game, though I did realize after typing this up, there is a trading card game. I don't know much about it, I know you can get a whole set for $150, and it exists. But <laughs> what I'm going to talk about is the... Uh, it's called Firefly Out to the Black. It's a card game. And unlike uh, the board game, you're not manning your own crew and doing a, flying your own ship. It's uh, you, You're the crew of the Serenity, and you're going on jobs. And uh, it's probably the most difficult board game I've played. It's... I've never won. I've never succeeded. <laughs> and the good thing about that game is you can play it with just a couple people. I think it's minimum two people. Well, actually, the board game you can play with just yourself. But you have lives. <laughs> but yeah, the card game, uh, difficult, tons of fun. And it's a lot easier and smaller than the board game. That one's probably setting you in the 10 to $50 range. Uh, I think there's one expansion that might put you a little over that, but it's uh, it's also pretty easy to find. Just don't mistake it for an expansion for the board game, which I almost did once. <laughs> and then there's, of course, uh, lately all these licensed Firefly games coming out. Yeah, Fox finally acknowledged their, their bastard child. Uh, so there's Yahtzee, there's Clue, there's Monopoly, there's a whole bunch of, you know, Fox realized that they're not making any, they could be making a ton of money off of this. Yeah, and so, yeah, Yahtzee comes in a 
comes in a serenity shaped shaker monopoly it's you know it's firefly monopoly it's firefly clue i've only played firefly clue and i can tell you it's clue with firefly i mean it's <laughs> they're uh, you know they're just licensed games i don't think any of them are going to set you over 50 dollars and if you like the classics and you don't like learning new rules but you do like your firefly you can't go wrong with these you're being discriminatory against our english and other countries listeners how so? You're saying dollars. We have to like make a like units or you know pieces. We have to make a segregated money unit. Hey, these are I'm I am using American dollars and I'm Canadian, so you're welcome. You're welcome, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are a few upcoming Firefly board games. I'm not gonna talk about them because they're not out yet, and I don't know much about them. I know there's at least two, but you can uh, get a a whole whackload of figurines too, like wash. Like, not just the, the pop Funko vinyls, but you can get, like, action figures. Yeah, they have, like, Wash and Mal and Zoe. I think they have the whole crew. They've Jane like, hats? Jane hats are one thing you we, we gotta talk about. <laughs> if you've ever been to a comic convention, you're like, why the f*** is everybody wearing orange and red and yellow hats? Everybody. Like, every f***ing person here. It's a Jane hat. <laughs> yeah, they're... Almost, I think they're all fan-made. I don't think they have official ones. But they're common enough that they get a mention on here. And you're not a Firefly fan if you don't have a Jane hat. Uh, they're, I don't know, like 20 bucks, probably. They're usually made by brown coat societies. And uh, for, they're for charities, I think, most of the time. 20 bucks, you gotta have one if you're a fan of Firefly. Even if you're not, you probably have one because if you've ever been to a convention and you don't even know how you got it. <laughs> now, there's a, a game coming out that has got me super pumped called Firefly Online. Mm-hmm. It started a while back by a different studio and their take on it kind of sucked and they dropped it because Fox announced an official one. And so this is an officially licensed Firefly game by Fox, and it's basically the board game turned MMORPG. It's different you know, mechanics and all that. It's not board game-like, but it's in the sense where everything you'd ever want to do if you were in the Firefly universe, you can do. Except this one's even more so. You can walk around your ship and decorate that. You know, you can hire crew. You can walk around planet-side and go shopping and get in bar fights or you can fly your ship from planet to planet. They It features the return... Well, it has Michael Dorn, uh, Will Wheaton, and Kelly Hu uh, coming as voice actors. And it also features the return of the entire main cast as and Niska uh, as voice actors, as their characters. So, you know, this is... The way a lot of people see it is practically the official continuation of Firefly... <laughs> Uh, in MMORPG form. And uh, it's not out yet. I know it's coming out really soon. I've been keeping an eye on it because it looks excellent. And that will be out for, I think, PC, tablet, mobile. I think it's a one-time fee, and then we're yeah. good to go. So I that one's definitely on the radar. Keep an eye out for that. And then, yeah, there's, of course, the assorted unique Firefly collectibles, like... Uh, you know, the little action figures of the characters. You can get props. You can get yeah. Basically, just go through Captain Taipan's garage. Yeah. Go to thinkgeek.com. You can find lots of Firefly stuff there. 
uh, you know, giant serenity wall decals or decals, depending on which country you are from. And uh, so that's that's Firefly, and that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Dollhouse? Dollhouse, uh, it, there was comics. They released a short-run, limited six-issue or five-issue comic miniseries. Yeah. But merchandise-wise, they always sucked at it. I don't think they had absolutely anything else. Maybe you can get apparel, maybe. You can. If you go to Redbubble, you can find some unofficial, uh, but still, you know, very well-made dollhouse apparel. But it was really, you know, I guess you could buy a hard drive and pretend that it's a wedge, but really there's, you know, dollhouse was so under-promoted, which is probably why it wasn't as successful as it could have been, because it was so just shoved under the rug so no there's nothing dollhouse sorry guys yeah uh dr horrible uh this one actually it has a few a decent amount. yeah it shines dollhouse despite being 45 minutes long yeah it has a soundtrack album you can um, get sheet music very well done sheet music yeah and po- probably the same people who did the once more with feeling one and uh, they have a little making of book they also have comics as well uh, I don't think anything there. I think all you could probably buy all the Doctor Horrible merchandise in existence, and it's probably not going to set you over fifty dollars. There's, you know, it's not a lot, but they got more than dollars. So, Cabin in the Woods has a little bit, not a lot. You can get the the if you've seen the movie, the infamous coffee mug. B- yeah, it's for a, sale. Uh, it's a, you can get it from coffeemugpipe.com. <laughs> must be legal age. Uh, it's in the fifty to hundred dollar range, but it is a working water bottle. I don't know if it's a working coffee mug. I can't really see it working, but yeah, it's the the pipe from the movie. So. Uh, and uh, there was a mod for the game Left for Dead Two. That never came to be, but we came. feel the need to honor its memory here. There was an unreleased mod for Left 4 Dead 2. What happened was uh, they had made a a deal with the Left 4 Dead folks with uh, Valve and they were going to release a mod for Left 4 Dead 2 where it starts in the cabin and surrounding area and you're fighting zombies and then you eventually go down into the, uh, the control area itself and all hell breaks loose, much like the movie. Uh... Unfortunately, the studio, I believe it was MGM, MGM filed for bankruptcy in 2011, and this got put on hold. Less than, I think, a month later, they came out of bankruptcy, but this project never got picked up again, which is unfortunate because it's basically a Cabin in the Woods video game, which would have been, if you don't think that's the coolest thing ever, then you're not my friend. (laughs) So the Avengers and the whole MCU, let's not go there. Yeah, there's, 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 there's stuff you can find it. There's Notoriously over promoted, and you can buy absolutely anything. The only thing I'll mention is uh, Agents of Shield. You can get pop figures of now, which is exciting. Even up to like Lola, you can get a little Lola car pop figure. And uh, you can buy Agents of Shield official lanyards, which I have. They're about ten bucks. <laughs> or, 50, I don't know, 10 to $20. And, uh, yeah, you need your official lanyard. It's important. So uh, that's all I can think of for Joss Whedon merchandise. And this is circa, you know, 
June 2015. So you could be listening to this years from now and be like, wow, they didn't even mention the new Firefly Serenity car you can buy. Yeah, no. This is June 2015. As of now, some of the big things. Uh, shout out to our resident merchandise fanatic, apparently, Clairvoyant, taking the taking the whole episode away. <laughs> Wow. I have a big crate of a lot of this stuff. <laughs> and, and you know, sorry, I guess, that this isn't a normal review episode. This isn't, you know, season, you know, 2 episode 11 where we talk about this episode. This was just a kind of a keeping our fans updated, a little bit of a breather until season 3. So stay peeled <laughs> and we'll come back at you with season 3. Stay peeled? Programs, productions, characters, music, and stories discussed in this non-profit podcast belong to Joss Whedon and or their respective networks. All music, clips, and discussion used is either original, royalty-free, or released under Creative Commons designation CCBYNCSA. For more information, visit creativecommons.org. Thanks for listening.